The WWE family is saddened by the passing of Scott Hall, the man who proved it's good to be the bad guy. Say hello to Razor Ramon. Scott Hall made an instant impact upon his WWE debut in 1992 as Razor Ramon. That character was the little spark that he needed to light the dynamite of everything he had. Take a look at me. I'm living the good life, man. Good food, good drink, good chicas. You just can't teach somebody to be cool. And Scott's always been cool. Maybe I could clear the table, huh? Is that what you would like, man? I could... He's the guy that made it cool to be the bad guy. Being the bad guy came with benefits. Razor would cement his legacy as one of WWE's greatest intercontinental champions with a thrilling victory in WWE's first ever ladder match at WrestleMania against Shawn Michaels. I got gold around my neck and my most precious gold around my waist. The following announcement has been paid for by the New World Order. Upon leaving WWE in 1996, Scott Hall would make his way to WCW, where alongside Kevin Nash and the immortal Hulk Hogan, he would revolutionize sports entertainment with the NWO. Going down there changed everything. Scott Hall was a pioneer. We are taking over. It just felt real. Felt like you were getting something special. Hey, uh, are you here to see the... This was one of the best things that ever happened in the business. When you're NWO, you're NWO for life. The WWE family will forever remember Scott Hall as a gifted entertainer and two-time WWE Hall of Famer. Hey, yo. loving father and a dear friend hard work pays off dreams come true bad times don't last but bad guys do Sting, Sting, I cannot believe all of a sudden things topsy-turvy. Just a second, Rick Flair. Wait a hold on here. Hey, I'm not going to take no for an answer. I'm telling you, I'm telling the world that you are my choice as a partner. Now, I'm not going to grovel. I'm not going to get down and kiss your feet. I'm going to say to you, you keep your mouth shut, old man. I'm going to say to you, and I'm going to look you in the eye, and I'm going to say to you that you are probably the greatest wrestler alive today. I give you that compliment.
I want you, and I'm asking you again, to walk that aisle with me. I'm paying you the respect. Sting. Sting. Arn Anderson. Arn Anderson has wronged his best friend. Brian Pillman has come aboard. I'm asking you for the thrill of competition because you're the, the steal. I'm asking you to join up with the Ninja Boy. Come on, Stinger. Just Let's wait go. a minute. Wait a minute. Come on, man. Just knock it off. No, you ain't going to get me pumped up so easy. On, You're not going to get me pumped up so easy. Get out of here. Let me just tell you something now. You remember the Clash of Champions at Corpus Christi. You remember I was going to be one of those four horsemen. And you know what happened when I thought that we were going to rule the world? Nobody could touch the Nature Boy and the Stinger. You stabbed me right in the back. Remember? Back. So what makes you think for one second that I would even consider being your partner? Because this time, very simply, it's family. Arn Anderson and Ric Flair have walked apart in the path of life. And there's only one man that I recognize as my equal, and that's you, the great stinger. Come out, buddy. High five! High five! Come on! Knock it off! Come out! I get the impression it's Wait a second now! I got one more thing to say to you! Just listen to me and you listen real good. Shake my hand! Get out of town! I wouldn't trust you as far as I can throw you! And I got news for you! I can begging and pleading and on your knees will get you nothing! Get the nature boy the stinger! No! I don't trust this guy! Oh my god. All right. Shouldn't have a spicy chicken sandwich, you know, before coming on the air. I just uh I just downed one from the fine folks at Chick-fil-A. They have a new smokehouse sandwich. And I got it with a spicy filet. You know. It's good. But, you know, Try down it before coming on the air in a quick fashion. That's never a good thing.
Let's let the music play out, shall we? <clears throat> now, for those of you listening live, I forgot to hit the button. You missed, uh, you know, I played the Scott Hall tribute video to the WWE last night. But that's all right. If you want to listen to it, it's available online. But let's get right to it Tuesday night. March 15th, 2022, episode 727 of The Rant is officially live across the airwaves of Rant Entertainment Media, RantEmRadio.com, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Pandora, Player FM, and a plethora of other um, platforms that, God, I don't know at this point. Double A, as always at the post and um, Tony C is not here this week uh, unfortunately Tony C had a death in the family so he is not here this week um, so our thoughts are with um, Tony C and his family um, now I want before I introduce Surfer who's here hey yo you see that's why I didn't want to introduce you for nine years Tony C Every week has come on the show, and the first words out of his mouth were, Hey, yo, for his love for Scott Hall. So I was going to, out of respect for Tony C not being here today, I was going to do the hey, yo, but Surfer has done it. So, um, so yeah. We all can do it. We all could do it, I guess. But yes, uh, you know. Tony C uh, is the one that normally would have, would have done that, and like I said, that's uh, his weekly tribute to Scott Hall, and it's unfortunate that th- of all weeks, um, uh, Tony C's not here to pay tribute to Scott, unfortunately, um, but I know that uh, his admiration uh, for the bad guy uh, does go deep, um, so, so again, our thoughts are with Tony C right now. Um, as he's currently going through um, this, so man, it's been it's been an interesting couple of days. I got to tell you, and uh, I can't promise you that we're going to be on the air too long today. Um, first of all, sorry for the late start time for those of you listening live. Um, was taking care of something, took a little bit longer than expected, and so we just had a late start time. And while I was getting us up and running here on the air, I was downing a, a Chick-fil-A sandwich and it's spicy. Oh, man. It's I spicy. The, I love spicy. What? I love the spicy Chick-fil-A. And I, and you know, I do too, but today yeah, I'm it's... Smart. I'm smart enough not to eat it all the time. Well, the thing is, is that they have this smokehouse sandwich and what, sauce on it? It's a, it's got a barbecue sauce, and it's got. Uh, Is it baked with the barbecue sauce? No, 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 no. Well, you Why? you could pick you could pick the chicken, and then it's got this special barbecue sauce. So, I got it with the spicy chick with the spicy fillet, and the sauce itself is spicy, not overly spicy, but it's spicy. And um, like I said, 
as the as the theme song was playing, I was, you know, having my last bite. So now I'm like, <clears throat> so, so yeah. But uh, what was that? I said, it's nothing like a spicy barbecue sauce on, uh, the, right, on the right food. And the, here's the thing. Right. Because I I don't trust fast food establishments in terms of the quantity of sauce that they put. So nine times out of ten, I generally am going to ask for extra sauce. And of all days today, Chick-fil-A was a little heavy-handed in that extra sauce. And so that's why I'm saying it's like... Ugh, it was it was a bit much today. They probably looked at me and said, "That big boy can handle it." I did it. They didn't see me because I it was a mobile order, and they brought it out to the car. So that order, you know, was in the star in the in the store computer long before I even got there. Have you not been to that Chick Fil A a lot? I have. No, when they see double on the order, they know who you are. <sighs> They're like, oh, Mr. I don't, I don't, I don't believe the names. I don't believe the names come up on the order. Sure, it does. No, they don't. I don't think so. Not, not the, not the curbside orders. Because when you get there, what they do is, you put your spot number, your car number, your like the parking spot number, and that's the only, that's the only way that they start preparing the order. And I don't think they know it by any other way. I wish I had the. Let me see here. Let me see. I'm looking at the ticket right now. Your name is on the app, though, right? My name is on the app. Well, yeah, there it is. There's my name on the ticket. But but it's just my name and my first initial of my last name. Yeah, dumb boy. I use my government name when I order a Chick-fil-A. No, you don't. Yes, I do. <clears throat> you are, listen, man, you are a worldwide, you know, podcaster. And they know who you are. I'm gonna, regular, I'm gonna talk. Frequent, I'm gonna talk about like that. Once a month at least, right? No, uh, Chick Fil A, probably yeah. once a month. Yeah, just said that. Yeah, uh, but but I go. You know? But but here's the thing: I normally go to Chick Fil A at lunchtime. Mm-hmm. So the lunchtime, if you want to go with your logic, it's the lunchtime staff staff would that would know me. Yeah, but there is there is. Come on, fast food. You don't have a. A separate lunchtime and dinner time staff. Yes, you do. You work both. You work both. Mm-mm. Since when? Not the ones here. Excuse they me. have a turnover at around three or four o'clock in the afternoon, and then the staff that is the one that comes in in the afternoon are the ones that close the store. And it's always and and here it's the same people. And I go to lunch at two o'clock, so that means that. Evening staff doesn't see me. Man, they probably got your name up there in the mm-hmm. store. Okay. Loyal customer. Make sure he's taken care of. Uh-huh. Sure. Unlike the people that go to Chick Fil A every day. That's people that do that, man. There's people that go every day. I know that. But to mm-hmm. me, Chick what makes Chick Fil A good is the is not if you eat it every day. There's no way it can taste good all the time. No way. It gets boring very quick. I, I, I've probably told this story before. Well, I went to, I tried to go to a grand opener of a Chick-fil-A, and you know, they usually give out a year's worth of Chick-fil-A for the first hundred people. Yeah. 
but what I found out was, it's not like, all right, 100 people, they give out the, the books, and then you go home. No, you have to stay on the parking lot for 24 hours. And I couldn't do it because, one, it was winter up here and it was raining. But I, what I learned was people travel around <clears throat> and do these uh, grand openings. Mm-hmm. I, I'm sitting there in the car with some friends, uh-huh. and we watching people climb out of their cars with uh, sleeping bags and tents, <clears throat> like professionals. And dragging kid, they they dragging their kids out there. Uh-huh. And the kids can't even get the books. I mean, does that surprise they're, they're, you? I, I just I just felt bad, you know. They dragging a kid out in, this, in the wintertime. It's like November and it's raining. Listen, and we've them. we've got people driving around for chicken, for chicken deals. This doesn't surprise me that people are waiting in line for free coupons for a year. Coupons that, that give them Chick Fil A for a year but doesn't surprise my, me. My whole thing is, it's <clears> like to me, what makes Chick Fil A taste good is the ready that I eat it. If I ate it all the time, it wouldn't be special to me. I, I agree. I'm not arguing with you in that sense. It's just... Right. Once, once a month, you know, you get the, your, your Chick-fil-A fix, your waffle fries. You, would you get the, the milkshake or you just get a drink? I get a, I'm drinking a Sunjoy. What's a Sunjoy? Sunjoy is half lemonade, half uh, iced tea. It's called oh, an, Ar- okay. well, an Arnold Palmer, but they, they call it the Sunjoy. Okay. Yeah, okay. That's that's you get a drink. Um, and hey, you know you you get that satisfaction meal, and you get to go. But it, <clears throat> every day you're trying to mix up with. Well, it's the same. The same ones that go to the same ones that go to McDonald's nugget. every day. The same ones that go to Burger King every day, or Wendy's or whatever. And, and none of them. None of them can be healthy. Well, that Dan Gorski or Don Gorski, he's eating, you know, thirty-five thousand Big Macs, and he eats, you know, I don't know what, what the number is. He eats fifteen Big Macs a week or something like that. He eats a Big Mac wow. twice a day. Why? I had McDonald's. I had McDonald's last week. It was like the first time since last year, sometime. I couldn't remember the last time I ate McDonald's. And it's like, <clears throat> that's the last place I think I could eat eat food from every day, is McDonald's. I mean, I, I've played this audio, but here he has the whole, this was from seven months ago, and he, he had the current record at that time of 32,340. This is the Guinness Book of World Records. I love hamburger like no other food. I have eaten... 32,340 Big Macs in my lifetime. I'm closing in on 50 years next year of eating them every day. This is a McDonald's Big Mac. It's the best sandwich in the world. When I like something, I stick with it all the time. My habit right now is just to eat two a day, and that would be like 14 a week. The obsession with Big Macs began because, for one thing, my love of hamburger. May 17, 1972 is the day I got my first car. I drove to McDonald's, I ordered my first three Big Macs, went out in the car and ate them, and I said right there that I'm going to probably eat these the rest of my life. And I threw the cartons in the back seat and uh, started counting them from day one. 
This is 2006, 2007, 2008, 2009, 10, 11, 12, 13, and so on. How I keep track of how many Big Macs I've eaten is, for one thing, I save the cartons. Another thing is I save all the receipts, and I also keep a running count on a calendar. I've kept a running count on the calendar since May 17, 1972, right up through the day, so I can tell you which Big Macs I ate on which day. This is a McDonald's Big Mac. It's the best sandwich in the world. As you see here, you've got your uh, sesame seed bun on the top, first patty, pickles, you have some lettuce, special sauce, and you got your middle bun, second patty, slice of cheese, more lettuce and special sauce, and then the bottom of the bun. And that is your best sandwich in the world. Delicious. Don Gorski did not tell me about his Big Mac obsession when we first met. I'm not sure it was an obsession quite then. He ate Big Macs every day. As a matter of fact, sometimes I would bring him a Big Mac, but I didn't realize it would go on forever. I ate my first Big Mac on May 17, 1972. I was started out eating pretty much nine a day for quite a while here. I'm not a type of person that tries new stuff, and when I like something, I stick with it all the time. It's like for me, it's Big Macs every day, it's, it's Coca-Cola every day. The stuff that I like is what I, I do every day, and it's just part of the way I am. Uh, people that say that Big Macs are unhealthy, I think it depends on the person. I think for most people, if they're unhealthy, it's because they maybe eat too much. Um, for somebody like me, if I eat two Big Macs, and that's pretty much all I eat all day, but I like the fries, sure, but you know, that's one of the things where I feel like I can keep from eating and not gain too much weight, you know, so, but the Big Macs I gotta have. So that's my main diet. So Don comes into the restaurant quite often. Uh, since 1972, he used to come in once a day and order two Big Macs. Uh, since he's been retired, I think he figured out he was spending more on gas than he was on sandwiches. So now he picks up six at a time and eight at a time on Mondays and Thursdays. So we get to see him twice a week. Okay, I, I probably will be eating Big Macs every day for the rest of my life. Um, the only exception is uh, that Mary once told me that it, when it comes to where she's got to put a Big Mac in a blender that she says it's over for me. <laughs> but uh, if I eat Big Macs every day and then when I do go, uh, my boys can write down what, which Big Mac was the last one I ate, and then they can tell people, oh, this many Big Macs will kill you. <laughs> as far as Don's health, the doctor has said it's pretty good, actually. Um, his blood sugar has been normal. His cholesterol has been exceptionally good. I've stayed in pretty good shape because, um, for one thing, I'm kind of hyperactive. I, I do a lot of walking. Uh, I like to joke with people. I tell them I, I walk around the block usually, but they don't know that it's six miles around our block. <laughs> we have my granddaughter, Serena, seeing her first Big Mac ever. And this is my granddaughter, Anna, seeing her first Big Mac ever. A lot of people that have gotten in touch with me and uh, they've given me their McDonald's collections and you know, just giving me stuff that meant something to them that was McDonald's related and they wanted me to have it. And so. Doesn't matter how trivial a thing McDonald's wise that people give me, I'm gonna save it for the rest of my life. Big Macs will always be my favorite food, and it's just like, you know, I sometimes people will say, well, what happens if they quit making them? And they aren't gonna quit making them. I'm sure this place will probably just stay open for me just to keep making them. But I gotta thank my wife for being patient with me all these years because she doesn't let it bother her, you know? And uh, it's been great being married to her and putting up with all this stuff. Call him part of the Mick family. If you know a little bit about Don, he's more of a, a humble servant with a great appetite for a great sandwich. So could you do that, server? Could you eat 32,000 Chick-fil-A sandwiches over the course of 50 years?
Hell no. And you know what? All that McDonald's, he's, hey, I bet you he not, he's never won one prize in the Monopoly game. <laughs> we don't know. We don't know. And we probably will never know. But yeah, that was as of seven months ago he had eaten 32,000 Big Macs. Is he in the Guinness Book of Records or something? Yes, he is. He's in the Guinness Book of World Records for 2022 for eating the most Big Macs in the world. I mean, his inside must be like... (laughs) (laughs) Okay, let's replay that so that everybody can hear that one more time. For 2022, for eating the most Big Macs in the world. Man, his insides must be like. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's replay. So, server, what was that that just happened? <laughs> well, I'm just saying what his insides were. <laughs> That's not. Inside has to be making that kind of sound. <laughs> that wasn't me, like, talking for real. I don't know if I believe that, but okay. Um, no, I said it. I said it. His insides must be. <laughs> Well, he, they said he's in perfect health. Listen, I get tired of of eating things repetitive. I can eat something for. I'm not. Listen, I like fast food just like anybody, and I could eat. Let's say I get in a, in a thing where I want Big Macs. I could do three days straight of Big Macs, maybe. But on that third day, I'm done. You know? That thing is, Big Mac is not even as good as they used to be. And I'm not eating a Big Mac either, and I know that. Nothing is as good as it used to be. Like, I'm quite sure they tasted a lot better 20, 30 years ago than they do today. Well, they're not using, probably not using real beef. Well, I've always said I wanted I want to eat a Big Mac from 1972, and compare it to a Big Mac from 19 from no, 2022. You can do that. No, but I but, wish I could. You know, oh. the same with a Whopper. And you want to hear? You want to know something sad? What? A lot of people. Complained when Wendy's changed their burger formula. That they changed the meat. And I know I've had I had Wendy's prior to them changing it. But I don't remember what it tastes like before the switch. And I just know I just know it was better before. But like there are certain things in this world that I could tell you I know what it tastes like. Like right now, it has probably been maybe fifteen years since McDonald's stopped selling those Angus burgers. But I could tell you what it tastes like. I still remember what it tastes like. But a Wendy's burger from before the switch, I couldn't tell you what it tastes like. We do. I mean, um, like, do you remember what new coke, new coke tastes like? No. 
New Coke came out in what, 1984? I was two years old. But you've had it though, right? No. When I was two years old, how would I know if I if I had New Coke? It only lasted like a year. Oh, I, I don't, I don't remember how long last year. All I know was Coke got this dumb idea of making this formula taste more like Pepsi because they bought into those uh, Pepsi taste challenges commercials. Yeah, <clears throat> and they thought, oh, people want, like Pepsi better than like Coke. Let's uh, give them what they want, <clears throat> and they came out with new Coke, and people was like, nah, this is this is drill. Said, oh, no, 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 no. We got new Coke and classic Coke. So you can still get that great Coke taste. And then one day I didn't even realize that they had stopped making new Coke and classic Coke and it was just Coke. It seems that they sold new Coke, which they later renamed Coke 2, until 2002. Yeah. Yeah, I remember the Coke too, man. <clears throat> but I, I was, I mean, like for example, I'll tell you this: had Crystal Pepsi not been relaunched a few years ago, I could tell you what a Crystal Pepsi tastes like because I remembered what it tastes like, and that was nineteen ninety one, ninety two that the Crystal Pepsi came out. So, so yeah. Maybe it's me, but I remember the um, original Crystal Pepsi didn't taste like cola to me. Oh, God. Oh, well, Matt installed some baseboards, and he sent us sent me a picture of it by accident. But he he sent me something else here, and I have not had corn pops in years but apparently corn pops I guess they don't come in that foil bag anymore they come in the regular plastic bag you know that all cereal comes in inside the box and I would have to agree the corn pops from the foil bag probably do taste different than the ones in the regular plastic bag in the cellophane bag But anyways, um, so yeah, I mean, the, the, the difference in taste and things like that over the years, I mean, I remember what Burger King French fries used to taste like because they were my favorite. I preferred them over McDonald's. Yeah, they were, they were good, and then they switched their switched they fries for some odd reason, thinking that it would outsell McDonald's. And that's a hard hill to climb. Trying to outsell McDonald's French fries. Yeah, I, I don't know what they were thinking. And then I remember, um, like I remember sandwiches and things like that. Like I remember the the taste of certain things that, you know, they don't sell anymore. The chicken tender sandwich at uh, at Burger King. I remember what uh, the chicken selects at McDonald's taste like. Um, so the wrong square chicken sandwich. No, 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 no. Oh. The chicken tender sandwich at Burger King was two or three chicken tenders with mayonnaise and, and uh, lettuce 
on a uh, hamburger bun. And then on top of that, Burger King doesn't even sell chicken tenders anymore. So. They do. They just don't sell all the time. They they bring it back. Well, the tenders that they had at that time. Like I said, I remember the chicken selects from McDonald's. I used to get those a lot because they were very good. Mm-hmm. They were much better than the McNuggets. I even remember the old school McDonaldland cookies that came in a box. Oh, yeah. I remember what those taste like. Mm-hmm. So there are things that you know, I remember. It's just like Wendy's. I just don't remember what it tastes like. Huh? You know, you know what they taste like? Hmm. The Barnum's Animal Crackers? I got a thing with those things. They are... Um, I don't remember them taste... Unless I got a bad box, I bought a box of those crackers in the circus truck, you know, about maybe about three, four years ago, and they taste, they tasted horrible, absolutely horrible. And I said, oh my God, I can't, I don't remember these things tasting so bad. Listen, when I I was a kid, going, going shopping with my mother and father, was to get those animal crackers, those mm-hmm. Barnum animal crackers. Mm-hmm. Get the, get a box of those. Mm-hmm. Delicious. They probably didn't change the formula, but bite. I tell you why. I, I discovered that uh, Walmart sells. I don't have a bag in front of me, but I have one downstairs. They sell animal crackers in this jumbo size bag, yeah. and yeah. and they're awesome. I, I I get the chocolate ones. And they're awesome. Yeah, I recommend them. They're like two two fifteen a bag. And they kind of come in the uh, in the plastic. No, those jar suck. that's shaped like a bear. Those suck. Nah. But Matt remembers the chicken littles. I do remember the chicken littles as well from KFC. Um, I mean. There are things that I just, I distinctly remember the taste. And then there's, you know, one or two things that I don't remember the taste. Um, Sheffield Little. Yeah. That was. Those were good. They didn't have a regular chicken sandwich, but they had the little. I was depressed when uh, the KF, because I know it wasn't discontinued everywhere, but it was discontinued at my KFC. When they stopped selling um, a wrap, a chicken little wrap, and um, those damn things were so good. I used to get two. That was my lunch for a long time. I would go to KFC, get two chicken little wraps, and a thing of uh, potato wedges. And man, that was a great lunch. I loved it. Loved it. I always enjoyed it. But they, of sometimes, course, the good stuff they always get rid of. Sometimes it was hard for me to, to eat those potato wedges. Because sometimes they were cooked, sometimes they weren't. It was the way they cooked them, or or what? But the French fries are a lot better. Yeah, the French fries are good. So, but uh, you know who got good French fries? Who's got good French fries? Uh, Arby's. Arby's does have good French fries. The curly fries. I'm not talking about the curly fries. Oh. I'm talking about the, the oh. crinkle cuts. I have to give them a shot. 
I gotta find a reason to go to Arby's. You need a reason to go to Arby's? Of course. Oh, uh, look, I, maybe down south Arby's is, is not that good, but up here, they're pretty good. I don't get anything in Arby's other than the uh, honey mustard chicken sandwich, crispy chicken sandwich. And I get that. I, I like getting that pal sandwich. Too much meat. I mean, it it takes a lot to eat them, but it's a workout. I don't know. I see Matt, you know, going to Arby's like once or twice a year, but he thinks about it five or six times before he goes and does it. Well, that's that's the way it is with me, only because like all the Arby's are like way out. No, I don't even think that. I'm thinking that it's, you know, we're talking, he doesn't know if he wants to risk, you know, a heart attack for getting something at Arby's because even though I don't eat those other sandwiches, I can only imagine that eating some of those sandwiches at Arby's, you know, it's like, you know, you're you're putting your life in, in, you know, inside a goddamn sandwich and you don't know if you're going to come out of it in one piece. Because it's a workout. And then you're throwing in horsey sauce and, and extra Arby sauce and things like that. And you, you top it off with with fries and, you know, I like Arby's uh, milkshakes because they use Giardelli ice ice cream and flavoring and things like that. But That thing cracks me up, horsey sauce. Well, the name cracks you up. Yeah, why, why can't they just call it horseradish? They have to make it unique. Why did McDonald's for years call their ketchup fancy, uh, fancy ketchup? See, Matt Matt gets the gyros, the heroes, at Arby's. So two for six bucks. I guess I like Mediterranean Mediterranean taco. I like the. The steamed ham sandwich, the little one, no. I like that, and I like, like I said, the chicken, the honey mustard. Uh, I don't know what it's called. It's I think it's honey mustard, crispy chicken sandwich or some shit like that. You lost me with mustard. That's honey mustard, though. Yeah, no, nothing mustard. It's not. It's not. Doesn't taste like mustard at all. No, I don't care. If you got must, if you got it in the name, I want nothing to do with it. I can't stand look, smell, taste, name of mustard. A lot you of saying it now. I'm ready to gag. I don't know. I like mustard. I like mustard on my pretzels. I like mustard in my burgers. I like mustard on my dogs. Okay, I'm ready to hang up now. Oh. I mean, I even, I've cooked with, um, with, uh, with mustard. Like that is my super power. That is my superhero power weakness. I mean, I, re- I did a, I did a, um, I think it was a, a turkey at Thanksgiving that one of the seasonings, I'm trying to remember, was it a seasoning or was it a rub? I don't remember. Took dry mustard, and it was the best turkey that we had ever had, ever had for Thanksgiving. 
listen, you know, people put online the uh, KFC recipe. Uh-huh. And they, and they say that, you know, you mustard, seeds or whatever, or flakes or... Uh, I, I can't bring myself to believe that's in there. I don't know. People think that they've pinpointed what the uh, twelve herbs and spices are. I would venture. Oh, they got to, an extra one? I would venture to believe. Okay, this is just me talking have, now. I would venture to believe. But wait, I would venture to believe that some of the twelve herbs and spices, or eleven herbs and spices, whatever it is. Whatever it is, something tells me that the recipes that are listed online of what they think are the are the ingredients are not. Because I see a lot of the ingredients sometimes in some of these uh, copycat recipes use herbs and spices that I f- don't think were readily available in the 1930s when the colonel was making this chicken. I believe I I think the I think people are over compensating the the, 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 the the recipe itself because I believe I believe the colonel used everyday herbs and spices that are easily he was easily able to get because I don't think for example some of the recipes I've seen out there have marjoram not margarine marjoram marjoram is an herb and I I personally have only seen marjoram in the store maybe two or three times in my life. I don't see how the colonel is going to have access to marjoram. No, I mean as a as a, um, as a you know company today, yeah, they have access. They have ac- now we're talking about today, but we're talking about thirty years ago, or not th- in the thirties. When when the when the colonel was developing the recipe, I don't think he had access to marjoram. You don't know that. That might have been a more common thing than it is today. I don't think so. Marjoram? If it was, no. if marjoram was a common thing back then, it would be a common thing today, and it would be an no, everyday herb no. that you would put in your food. Because if people stop using things, then you don't get them anymore. I don't know if I believe that. I'm I'm almost positive that it's basic right. stuff. Salt, pepper, but onion, you know, garlic, right. uh, maybe oregano. But you know, um, but you know it's things not that are about, easily available. Go ahead. It's not about just the eleven herbs and spices. It's the amount of each one. I know that. You don't know how much salt compared to how much pepper to compared to how much you know oregano or whatever. It's probably not just. A dash of a, a teaspoon of everything. I understand. It, you know, that. Some things are probably more prominent than other things. I get that completely. Like, look, I'm going to pull up an episode, or not an episode, a. Um, and that's, that's what people probably don't get the recipe right anyway. Like, look, this is this is just one recipe that I've pulled offline here. I'm waiting for the website to load. Here's the here's what they say the herbs are: salt, dry thyme, dried basil. Oregano, celery salt, black pepper, mustard powder, paprika, garlic salt, powdered ginger, and white pepper. I'm going to tell you something. That powdered ginger, I don't know how accessible that would have been. Ginger, yes. Powdered ginger, I'm not sure. Because... Huh? Ground up ginger 
into a pound. Okay. By, we're talking, I don't know. I don't know, Surfer. I, I, I don't know. Yeah. Some of this yeah. stuff, like mustard, I get it. it that's probably was, accept, you know, mustard's been around for a couple hundred years. The same no, with I'm all the other things. But if you, you, go ahead. you take a piece of ginger and run it through a grater and grind it up or put it in a grinder for modern days and get a powdered ginger. And that's probably what he might have been doing in, you know, back in the day, like grinding up, you know, a piece of ginger. I don't know if I believe all that. That's the thing. I, I still think that the recipe has to, is going to, is more simplified. I don't know. I, I would have to taste one of these copycat recipes to see how close it, it is to, you know, the original. The mustard thing, I believe, and I'm going to tell you why. Chinese restaurants, and I love chicken wings from Chinese restaurants. I know for a fact, because I find it hard to believe. Anytime I've ever ordered chicken wings, fried chicken wings from a Chinese place... When you bite into it, it's got a yellowish hue to it. And, you know, depending on the place you go, it might have a distinct taste. And you can't figure out what that distinct taste is. And I'm starting to think that it's probably mustard. That they put this the wings in mustard with a whole bunch of seasonings. And they then they fry it. Like it's a batter. I know in Chinese food, it's, it's a lot of their stuff that they fry is battered based. Well, I see recipes today. Where you know they just take the chicken and rub mustard on there, and I'm like, well, I... that depends what kind. Like, of there's no powder. It's just they actually rub mustard onto the chicken. So no whole grain mustard for you. Nope. No, no gluten even... corn. You don't you want get to get it. in there, get a sandwich, and just bite away at the peppercorns and stuff that are in the mm. the, the whole grain mustard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Listen. I was looking for a recipe to, to put some fried chicken. And as soon as I saw the guy rub some uh, yellow mustard on it, I'm like, no. You lost me. Matt says mustard is in the Chick-fil-A sauce. Well, I don't eat Chick-fil-A sauce, so. Oh. Well, I don't know. I'm glad you didn't buy it at the supermarket either. I don't buy, I, I don't, the only sauce I would love at the supermarket is Big Mac sauce. That's the only one. But they only sell it in Canada. No. Oh. Anyways. Uh, how, much, how much time left in this match before? I don't even have an XT on. It was nice about the movie, Anyways, um, let's see here. So, any anything interesting happening with you uh, this past week, Surfer? Uh, no, not really. Just freaking cold to the point where, uh, I mean, I, I was hurting all over. Like, one night, the wind was blowing so hard, man, I thought I was in a horror movie. Sitting in here outside my window. I did go see uh, the Batman a second time. Of course you did. Well, you know, I was hanging with a friend, so you oh, know, okay. we, we, we check out those type of movies together. 
Uh-huh. And he had already seen it, and I had already seen it, but we didn't see it together. Uh-huh. So, Go ahead. we hung out. And, uh, yeah, I got the... I, I didn't realize how much I missed the first time around, because I... Uh, I closed my eyes a few times, and I'm thinking I'm closing it for like a minute or two. It turned out I, I was, I missed like a good 15 minutes of the movie. Not at the same time, but at different points in the movie, so. All right. Um, This week with me, um, I mean, really nothing major to report um, I mean it's been it's just been busy it's been busy that's all I can say it's just been busy we're coming up on the Wrestlemania season as we talked about last week um, I didn't get a chance this past weekend to put together the uh, the graphic for that has the, the schedule and post it online for everybody but um, but again we are going to have a marathon it's going to start Monday the 28th I can real quickly run down um, the lineup for everybody um, in case you missed last week's show. And as the calendar here boots up, um, and actually I think it's loading right now, so we'll give it here a couple of seconds. There we go. Uh, Monday the 28th, the marathon kicks off with the Shining Wizards. Then on uh, two weeks from tonight, we have a special Rant EM Radio roundtable discussing the 35th anniversary of WrestleMania 3. Wednesday the 30th, the Mark Order podcast. That'll be live. By the way, all these shows are all live, with the exception of uh, a couple of shows that'll air on Sunday. Um, everything will be live. Wednesday the 30th, the Mark Order podcast. Thursday the 31st, and anything goes special with the rant and the What Are You Reading comic book show one night only special at 11 o'clock. Those will be two one-hour shows. Turnbuckle Throwbacks will celebrate April Fool's Day along with WrestleMania 8 at 7 p.m. Then we'll be on the air at the conclusion of the 2022 WWE Hall of Fame induction ceremony, which is right now earmarked to go off the air at midnight. So it's going to be an interesting Friday night. Saturday, There'll be a replay of The Shining Wizards from Monday at 9 o'clock in the morning, 12 noon. The Stand and Deliver pre-show live. The Rant will be on at 4 p.m. with our WrestleMania Night 1 pre-show. And then we'll be back on the air at the conclusion of Night 1 with a post-show. Sunday, you'll have WrestleMania Radio beginning at 8 a.m. 1 p.m., ROH 20 years later, a Rant EM Radio special. Turnbuckle Throwbacks will be live at 4 p.m., they'll give you the Night 2 pre-show. And at 11 o'clock, we come back on the air with the Night 2 post-show. You'll get a marathon replay Monday, April 4th, beginning at 6 a.m. That'll take you right up to a live edition of The Shining Wizards at 6.45. The rant returns to its normal time slot on Tuesday, April 5th at 9 p.m. And then we close out the, the week or, well, the nine-day marathon with the Mark Order podcast at 10.15 following AEW Dynamite. So again, it all kicks off Wednesday the tw- or Monday the 28th with the Shining Wizards. Whew. So, we got some busy times ahead of us. Got some busy times ahead of us. Now, 
I gotta tell you something. I uh, discovered something here um, last night in doing some show prep for this program today. <sighs> I've been finding a lot of uh, videos about um, different issues at the academic level, whether it's at the collegiate level or at the high school level. And I found, uh, or just the general, the general public school level in terms of the school district. And I stumbled across a video of a school board member in Las Vegas using an antiquated, uh, that's what the title of this video says, an antiquated word to describe a race of people. Now, the reason why I'm bringing this up, and it's not because I want to play the video, because really, there's nothing really to play, though I could play it, because it's, it's all of, the comment she made is all of five seconds. But it's, who said it? I gotta tell you, they hired this, uh, this, this, uh, this skirt for the school board, or they elected her, and I gotta tell you, if she continues her political career, <laughs> and goes from the school board to any other public office. I gotta tell you, uh, I, despite her views and, and and maybe her ignorant uh, comments that she it was an innocent accident, so she says, uh, she might get my vote simply because of her looks. Um, I just have to say that. But let me uh, let me play you though what she said because it was it kind of caught everybody off guard. Um, so here we go. This is, what's her name? Her name is, uh, and, and I implore everybody to look her up, um, just so you, that you can get some visual, uh, visual, um, clarification. Her name is Danielle Ford. She's on the Las, uh, Las Vegas, uh, Clark County School District. She's a board member. So this is what she said. Listen to this. They were talking about racism in the school district. concerned about this conversation that we're having right now becoming generalized uh, around safety and it's two different conversations we need to have uh, a separate protocol when it is race-based um, and there's two different problems that we're experiencing right now one is our lack of safety protocols and the other one is the safety of colored students in general these are two different conversations. Um, there is a, a clear uh, problem with our culture. Uh, it's, it's the culture of the country. This is where they stop her and say she said something. I am so sorry for saying that. Um, I am so sorry for saying that. Black oh, you're right. No, you're absolutely right. And I, I know. <laughs> I do. And I, I know that I have a lot of implicit bias. And I am working on that for myself as well. What I meant. Anyways. But there you go, Surfer. Just so you can look at what, uh, what it is I'm, I'm talking about. You can take a look at there at the uh, Discord chat. And, um. I mean, 
This is a judge? This is a school board member. Well. And was she saying she, they, they something were, good or bad? No. She's, she, you didn't hear what I just played? I couldn't hear, hear it all. All right. Let me play it again. I heard her say about the, about the, uh, the kids of color and everything. No, that's not what he. That's not what she said. Listen carefully. I'm concerned about this conversation that we're having right now becoming generalized uh, around safety, and it's two different conversations. We need to have uh, a separate protocol when it is race based, um, and there's two different problems that we're experiencing right now. One is our lack of safety protocols, and the other one is the safety of colored students in general. These are two different. You heard it now. Safety of colored students. Safety of colored oh, students. That's. Oh yeah, the color. Okay, yeah, I thought. Not colored well, students. Not students of color. Colored students. Yeah. But. Uh, but let me. But did you see the uh, the picture there that I put there in the Discord? Uh-huh. She ain't bad. I don't know, to me, to me, she is. You know. Uh, you know. What was that? I said, you know. People. Right. Uh, I'm gonna put another one. They grew up the way they grew up. Well, she she's a teen mom. She, she was, and she's a teen, a, a an advocate of protecting, you know, teen moms and making them make responsible choices in their life, unlike her, mm-hmm. uh, and, and things like that. And I mean, she's only, I don't know how old she is, but uh, but yeah. So she is. It doesn't say how old. But she can't be more than 30 years old. So, anyways. So that's all I got to say about uh, about outside wrestling stuff. Now, let's get into wrestling stuff. And, of course, the news was pretty much dominated uh, this week because... Um, the only story, major story, um, that has pretty much taken over the industry this week was, in fact, the passing of Scott Hall, which was last night. Um, so let's let's set up the time frame here. About a week ago, Scott fell, broke his hip, and. Then he went in and was scheduled to have surgery to have the, I believe, have the hip replaced. And he had the surgery on Saturday. As a result of the surgery, at some point on Sunday, um, I guess a blood clot uh, got loose. And thus in, in, in tow, you know, caused uh, Scott to suffer from three heart attacks. And he was immediately placed on life support. 
in hopes that they could, you know, save him and, and get him stabilized. He was on life support just about all day Sunday. The news of him being on life support came out at around, I want to say around 3 o'clock Sunday afternoon. Uh, we did not bring it up uh, as a network, um, at least myself, until late Sunday night uh, due to, you know, we were, I was out and about and things like that, so I didn't even uh, know anything. Um, I stayed on top of the story till about 1.30 Sunday night into Monday morning. Monday morning, uh, Kevin Nash, last, you know, yesterday morning, Kevin Nash at around 6 o'clock in the morning, uh, posted a message that pretty much Scott was going to be taken off life support. They're just waiting for his family to get in place and, and you know, they were going to do, the, do everything. And I guess everybody was... I guess waited, waiting with, for lack of better terms, uh, with bated breath um, for when he was actually going to pass. And a lot of people were already, you know, sending out the RIPs and this and that and and things like that. And Scott officially was, it was was probably three o'clock in the afternoon that we had gotten the confirmation that the the life support had, had actually had just been suspended. And that was from Dave Meltzer and uh, uh, Sean Waltman, uh, X-Pac, had confirmed that. That was at around 4 o'clock yesterday. Um, We did not have any updates from 4 o'clock in the afternoon until the start of Monday Night Raw yesterday. And it was the WWE who broke the story, for lack of better terms, they were the ones that, that... gave the unfortunate news that Scott did in fact pass away and um, at, at the initial onset a lot of people were speculating that the WWE did not have accurate information but when WWE issued an official statement that he indeed did pass away because Raw started with that graphic of in memoria in memorial, uh, memorial of you know for Scott Hall or whatever it said, WWE immediately issued a, uh, a public statement. Did they, did they ring the bell? They did not. Uh, I think a lot of this has to do with the timing that it just it was too short notice, and um, you did not see the start of Monday Night Raw last night. No, no, I did. Okay, so the thing with uh, with the in memorial of you know Scott Hall and whatever Scott was 63 by the way um, Kevin Owens comes out to the ring and uh, well no they had they had a recap of from last night or last week the the challenge he issued is to Stone Cold Steve Austin and all that stuff. Kevin Owens comes out. Obviously, he was at gorilla position when the start of the show happened, so he probably saw the thing. And the first words out of Kevin Owens' mouth were... Here we go. Fuck! 
Sorry for the horrible quality, by the way. I didn't hear what you said. I'm going to see if I can play a better better quality here. Um, here we go. That's how Raw kicked off last night. Yeah, well, he said, "Hey, yo." Oh. Um. And that was it. WWE eventually, you know, later in the night, uh, put did a video tribute. Corey Graves was uh, emotional because he was the one that introduced the video tribute. Um. And yeah, I mean, it was sad. It, it really is sad. You know, it was it was a, it was a rough day yesterday. Um, yesterday, the Shining Wizards were on the air. They were the ones that, uh, they were actually on the air when the news broke, uh, yesterday. I'm going to see if I, uh, if I have that audio from yesterday, um, the Shining Wizards, because I actually went back and when we were putting their audio from last night up on the feed, I actually went in and listened a little bit. And, um, let me see here. I believe they broke the story at around... I mean, we right didn't, ate something we, here. I don't this. Man, I remember see. how it went. You said there it. There we go. All right, yeah. It was just announced by the WWE. Uh, Scott Hall has passed away. There you go. Damn. Damn. You know, I first heard about it when I was on YouTube, and I think it was Wrestling Hub that, that, that had it in the title. And I don't always believe what they say because right. you never know a lot, of these, a lot of these wrestling places have stuff in the title they have clickbait like, it's clickbait uh, like Roman Reigns is going to quit to go to Hollywood yeah it's clickbait that's what it is right but then when WrestleTalk uh, brought it up that's when I was like damn that must be real yeah so it was it was definitely sad um I mean, unfortunately, the reality of the situation yesterday was that he was going to pass away when we just didn't know. Um, But he did, he ultimately did, and, and it's sad. A lot of people are affected by this because even though that he had a troubled life, troubled life, and a very conflicted life. Very conflicted. He suffered a lot. Something that we didn't know about. Um, he overcame all that. And it was, you know, thank God for Diamond Dallas Page who essentially rescued Scott Hall. And, um, and we were able to have you know, these last six or seven years that we've had with Scott. Otherwise, Scott would have been gone a long time ago. I think a lot I think a lot of people are just bummed that it was something so so silly, like a complication from a hip surgery that is, is what took about. You know? Now when you were life support, was it that his that was keeping his heart pumping or did his brain stop functioning? Probably it was to keep his heart from, to 
to keep his heart pumping because his brain probably had stopped. When they say that they're going to pull the plug, that means his brain had had died. Oh, and uh, if, if, did I? I just heard those infamous. Uh huh. That means it's Tony C. Is here. How you doing, sir? Give us the proper. Yeah, server, server tried to do it. <laughs> server I didn't do it like me. I did it, but but it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't as traditional as. Hey yo. Yeah, exactly. There we go. That's the that's the what we were looking for. Um, well, I did a dramatic pause before you do it. Exactly. <laughs> no. I, I was saying, and no. I was I was here schlepping away, and I said, "Well, we got Surfer with us." And he just blurted, "Hey, yo!" <laughs> I, mean, listen, I I saw Sky Hall when they was doing that uh, that movie about um, Jake the Snake uh-huh. and DDP, you know, you know, being in the house together. Yeah, and Sky Hall then was like on a king, so. Did he always have a bad hip? No. He... <sighs> DDP, he... When when that movie came out, that's when they were just starting to rehabilitate, rehabilitate Scott Hall. If you go in and you watch the... Um, let me see if I can pull... I'm hoping that this audio plays. There's a documentary that I recommended to everybody a couple of weeks ago on the WWE Network on Peacock that I did not know that they had done about Scott Hall. And um, it's not that old. It's probably about two or three years old. And um, they went over, you know, his troubled life, the the murder, or however you want to... Oh, they revamped the this I, network I, page. For lack of better terms, you know, however they... They uh, they want to put it. Um, his, he it was a self defense type of situation. But the one of the things that they talked about was Scott's hips when DDP finally got got hold of him, and they showed a Scott trying to bend over, and all you hear are these cracking sounds. And uh, and DDP's like, you hear that sound? And everybody's like, what's that sound? Is that that's Scott's hips? Let me see if this audio. If, if this can be heard here, here we go. Uh, this is this Probably is bone on bone. Yeah, that's what it was. So here we go. This is this is when they picked up Scott at the airport. And he just looked bloated, you know. And I didn't expect to see that guy. I expected to see him being heavy, but I expected him, you know, beat up, but still walked through it. But he's just he was broken. Dallas started trying to do the workout with him. It was crazy. Just... No, what the hell is that? Inhale, sweep up. Okay. <laughs> Step up. Is that really your hip? That's his hip. Yeah, That's loud, dude. He had no insurance at all. You know, we decided to do some crowdfunding on Intagogo. In two days, we raised over eighty thousand dollars. We ended up raising for like a hundred and nine thousand for him.
But he had to go through a process of having the hip taken care of and uh, getting dry. And so it was several months before he started doing any type of workouts. Uh, then at first his workouts were simply walking. Once he got to where he could actually do stuff, I thought it was really important that he do the program that we're doing, trying to help him, you know, create core strength and flexibility and, you know, just continue to shed the weight. Four, five. I'm 55. I don't have any illusions of being Mr. America, you know, but I know that I can do yoga. I know I can do flexibility and endurance and conditioning and things like that, which I'm really embracing now. We started doing the workout and started adding to it because in the beginning I put chairs on both sides so he could balance himself. And eventually, you have one chair. And then eventually, there's no chair. Is it just what I needed? Just what I needed. <laughs> Jake loved that. So there you go. I mean, it's sad that at the end of the day, you know, a fall is what he succumbed to, essentially. Um, it is sad. It, it, I think that's what bummed a lot of people out um, here. I think it's not so much the fact that he actually passed away. I think it's under the circumstances that he went. And a lot of people are sad. A lot of people. The, the, I hadn't seen people be, be that bummed about somebody passing away since Dusty died. And Dusty died six, seven years ago? Or more. If you'd if, if 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 have heard he died from the drugs or alcoholism, would it make you feel any different? Because you would have... I'm not saying... I would have felt, felt sorry. I think you would have... I yeah, but you would think that this was bound to happen. It was bound to happen. Well, it was. But he cleaned it. He took Right, but he turned himself around with that. Well, I mean, they, they, they went over that too. I mean, here's here's when they called Scott. When Scott thought, you know, he was done. X Pac had reached out to us. He was afraid that Scott was going to commit suicide. He said, "Scott, Scott, a gun. He's really in a bad place. He said he's going to kill himself. He goes, and I believe him this time. Please reach out to him." Scotty. Jake. Jake and Dally. He picks up the phone. <laughs> and he's blasted. You don't need to. There's room for one more, man. Too, bro. I was, uh, I was, I was wanting to go, and that ain't cool, man. Cause there's too many people who love us, man. We had that conversation, and when we hung up, and we we're just like, "Wow, will they really come?" <laughs> and that's where they picked him up at the airport, and then it was the rest of the audio that I, uh, that I played. But you know, he, he, um. Yeah, and his, like I said, his story was, how do I put it? His story, 
um, of why he people thought this is they, this is how they explained it. People thought that the reason why he had an addiction problem was because of the wrestling industry. He had this addiction because he was trying to suppress this the memories of this quote-unquote self-defense murder that he had committed in the early 80s. And he had never been able to forget that. And get rid of it. It happened at a, at a strip club in Orlando back in 1984, I think, or 83 or 84. And as part of this documentary, WWE, I don't know if they made Scott do it or Scott did it under his own volition, but Scott had never returned to the scene of the incident and they filmed him going back to that to that place 35 years later and he was a ball of nerves he didn't know what how he was going to feel I think he even teared up a little bit and um, and he had to confront that that he had never been able to get that out of him which I can understand a lot of people go through that if you've you know killed somebody regardless of under the circumstances, whether it was self-defense or not, that's something you can't, you can't shake. You can't get rid of it. And um, Scott held that secret for a long time and apparently nobody knew it. And um, so, so yeah. Um, we're glad, like I said, we're glad that we've had the the last five or you know five, six, seven years, whatever it is, that Scott was around. He was able to take part in the re, the NWO. You hear me, double Yeah, I hear you. Okay. No, I was asking. Um, where did where did that happen? At somewhere in downtown Orlando? Or yeah, something? it happened. I don't even know if that club is still there. There was a. Uh, let me see if we can get the address here, because they do. Here's the. Uh, gonna go ahead and uh, rewind a little bit here uh the girls for the guys make their interest i'd go standing here we go and i don't know i was hooked some of the guys that i lived with worked in nightclubs one night, some guy couldn't make it, and they came to me like, you want to work tonight? You want to bounce tonight? I'm going like, whoa. Like, no way. They talked to me into it, and I went down, and it was like, wow, this is easy. Lots of pretty girls running around. But the big money to be made in bouncing at that time in Orlando was in strip clubs. I had a rule that I would never date a girl in a club that I worked at, because it just makes it too difficult. But broke that rule and became involved with this girl and another guy she was involved with pulled a gun on me in a parking lot. This dude was carrying like, you know, semi-automatic, so it was chambered. He was carrying it combat ready. We wrestled around with it. I just was gonna pistol whip him with it, really. 
ended up blowing him back his head off at point blank range, and it was brutal. Blood all over me. so crazy but I know that in my heart that I wasn't trying to kill him but he's still dead Fifty-five seventy South Orange Blossom Trail the dollhouse Oh, the dollhouse. Yeah, no, that was. <laughs> it's not downtown. <laughs> it's right outside of downtown. The dollhouse, yo. But, uh, is it still open? I it's been don't open know. For a minute. I don't know. I'll look for you right now. But uh, but yeah. So that's that's pretty much what he had been uh, dealing with. The struggles of having to deal with that. Um, uh, Matt is saying that the Mark Order podcast is playing. Is the feed not on? Hold on. What, what was that address? 5570? 5570 South Orange Blossom Trail. We should be back on the God. air, Matt. I, I, mine still said uh, the rent. I just it, refreshed it. it. We're, we're, we're on the air. We're, it, the, the feed reset for a second. Yep, it's still there. Um, God dang, Scott Hall used to work at the dollhouse. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if they're going to do a dedication to him. I doubt it. <laughs> I doubt it. Um, they got, he put helped put the dollhouse on the map. You think? Was this before AWA? This is before he became a wrestler. Yeah, and before he was gay to Scott Hall. So. Or Coyote Starship. But there was there was a lot of names that he played. You know? Anyways. Yeah. So, I, I gotta tell you though, um, while I don't remember Scott's career prior to his first run in WCW... Um, because I know he wrestled in Jim Crockett Promotions for a cup of coffee. I know he wrestled in Florida. He went to um, he went to the AWA and was tag team champions with Kurt Hennig. But I don't remember any of that stuff because number one, I didn't see the AWA, even though it was on ESPN. And second, the territory stuff we didn't have access to in those time in those days. Um, so my first exposure to Scott Hall was as the Diamond Stud in uh, in WCW at the beginning part of 1991, I want to say. And his manager, Diamond Dallas Page. Yep. And they had a, a faction called the Diamond Exchange. And it was him, Diamond Dallas Page, the Diamond Dolls, because there was like three girls at the time. Kimberly was not a part of it. Nope. And, and I think at the at the tail end, Vinny Vegas was a part of the Diamond Exchange. Yep. And, uh, and then, you know, 
everything happened where, you know, even though the Diamond Stud was getting exposure on TV and and things like that, he was not making the money he thought he was going to make being in a major wrestling promotion. And he left, went north to, uh, to the World Wrestling Federation, debuted in 1992. Here's a little bit of trivia. Razor Ramon, uh, he came in as the Cuban Razor Ramon from Miami. He mimicked uh, Tony Montana from Scarface, which, by the way, that is a creation of Scott Hall, not the WWF. He suggested to Vince McMahon, and Vince loved the idea because Vince had never saw Scarface, and apparently when he saw Scarface after at the recommendation of, uh, of Scott, he loved the idea, and... Um, and went from there. Jeez, he must have been busy. Man said never seen Scarface. Uh, you know, Vince doesn't seem like it's the he's the type to watch anything. If Vince has watched a movie in the last twenty five years, I'd be surprised. Um like I don't picture Vince McMahon watching binging a show on Netflix and things like that. I just don't see it happening. But uh, but here's a little bit of trivia. So Scott Hall makes his debut in the WWF against a wrestler, a jobber, by the name of Paul Van Dale. Now, nobody here knows who Paul Van Dale is. I know who Paul Van Dale is because... You know, this story broke yesterday after everything. Paul Van Dale is the father of current WWE superstar Carmella. So so there's a little bit of uh, of uh, linkage there. That's uh, why she's still with the company because she's second generation. She's second generation wrestler. Um, so he had his uh, run there in the WWF. He was the bad guy. Had a great theme song, too, by the way. The Razor Ramon theme song is up there as one of the best entrance themes of all time. Yes, because of them breaks at the beginning. You think so? Screeching breaks. Oh, yeah. Screeching breaks, man. That's a, screeching breaks get you every time. That's a Jim Johnston creation, you know? Yeah. Jimmy was Jim was a musical genius in some way. I mean, this is a great song. So, hold on. I like the I like the the middle part here that's coming up. good song so um, he had a good run in the WWF for a little less than four years Um, it was in 1993 that uh, Kevin Nash dropped the Vinnie Vegas gimmick and went to New York as they used to say and he became Big Daddy Cool Diesel 
but Diesel had a bigger career than Razor did. But I think that's because of Kevin Nash's size. Yeah, that's you know, this you love size and um, size matters. And it's hard to believe that in just the little less than three year time span that Kevin Nash was in the WWF. He became what a three time, two time WWF champion. Uh, main evented two WrestleManias, or had one main event at WrestleMania. Was in two WrestleManias. He had done a lot in that short time frame. But the one that probably had the bigger impact was Razor Ramon. Um, A four-time Intercontinental Champion. Of course, everybody remembers his match with Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania 10 in in Madison Square Garden in 1994. Um... And he had a, he also had another ladder match with Shawn Michaels at a SummerSlam, I believe, in 1995. Um, but he had great matches. And, of course, Tony C. always chuckles when he thinks about Razor Ramon's feud with Goldust. <laughs> which led to their match at... Right. Which I believe they had their match at the Royal Rumble, if I'm not mistaken, in 1996. And um, and then, of course, May 1996, the infamous uh, curtain call at MSG that ultimately uh, happened where uh, Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, Triple H, and Shawn Michaels hugged, exposed the business, essentially. Um, and the one that took the fall for that one was Triple H. He was slated to win the 1996 King of the Ring. He was pulled from the tournament altogether due to uh, uh, what had happened in the Garden. But it was May 27th, 1996, that Scott Hall walked down the aisle through the crowd in Macon, Georgia, during a match... During the match, talk about who was wrestling. I'm getting there. It was Mean Mike oh, Enos bad. with uh, Colonel Rob Parker in his corner against a man that, because his match was interrupted, got a got a world title match on WCW Pro Wrestling that weekend, and that was Steve Dahl. And um, so I, that's what I that's the I'm going with that rationale, folks. That that's why he got a world title shot. That makes sense to me. With the Giant on WCW Pro that weekend. Um, Scott Hall came out and had that infamous promo. I believe that was the first time he may have said, hey, yo. Uh, Or maybe he said, hey. Or let's see. Let's see here. Wait a minute. But, but, what the hell but is going what? on here? But the Mauler, well, he just got reversed right there. The Mauler runs him down. What are you talking about? Look, look here. Well, what the hell? 
Later that night, he confronted Eric Bischoff. Now, I remember. Hold on, this is loading here. And it was later that night he confronted Eric Bischoff up the announce table. Oh, these guys had to be considered something that's close to friends around. And tonight it just breaks down here, and I don't know what to make of it. Well, there is no friendship, like I said. They're both in that ring. They both want what each other has. They both, want that, they both want that position. They both want to be on top here at WCW. And the only way to do that is you got to kick people's butts. You got to make enemies. All right, all right, all right. Hey, looky here. You wanted to Kindle, you got such a big mouth. And we, we are sick of it. What do you mean, who's me? No. Hey, this is where the big boys play. What a joke. I tell you what. You go tell billionaire Ted. You tell him get three of his very, very best. Maybe, uh, maybe the nacho man. Oh, no. And maybe, maybe you get... The Stinger. Ooh. I'm so scared. You go get anybody you want. Because we... What do you mean we? We are taking over. You want to go to war? You want a war? You got one. Only, only let's do it right. In the ring... Where it matters. Not on no microphones. Not in no newspapers or dirt sheets. 
Let's do it in the ring where it matters. If uh, if billionaire Ted and his big boys, if they got any uh, any guts, because we are coming down here, stepping over the line, and like it or not, not we are taking over. You're out of here. You're out of here. And just like that, history was made. We'll see you next week. It was next week that Scott came out, confronted Eric again. Sting slapped him in the face. Then on June 10th is when he brought in Scott or Kevin Nash. Or oh, Kevin man. Nash did the promo of, uh, this is where the big boys play, huh? Look at the adjective. Play. We ain't here to play. And um, that was, again, that was one of those great moments. We're coming up, and this year will be the 25th anniversary of him winning World War II. Yeah? Oh, here we go. Hold on. I don't want any trouble with you. I don't want any trouble with you here now. But I have to point out, you came out here last week. Where is it? The big surprise. I mean, I heard a lot of talk, but where's the walk? What? I'm here. Where is it? You've been sitting out here for six months running your mouth. This is where the big boys play, huh? Look at the adjective. Play. We ain't here to play. Now he said last week that he was going to bring somebody out here. I'm here. You still don't have your three people. And you know why? Because nobody wants to face us. This show's about as interesting as Mark's shot reading excerpts from Mein Kampf. Yeah, no trouble because you know I'll kick your teeth down your throat. <laughs> Where's your three guys? You what, you couldn't get a paleontologist to get a couple of these fossils cleared? Oh, you got enough guys off a dialysis machine to get a team? Dialysis. <laughs> the dialysis machine. Yeah, where's Hogan? Where's Hogan? Out doing another episode of Blunder in Paradise? Where's the macho man? Doing some Slim Jim commercial? Hey, we're here. You want to say something? Look, I don't have the authority right here, right now. You want to fight? 
fight is it with me? You want three guys tomorrow morning at 9 o'clock. I'm going to be in Atlanta. I'll be in the offices at WCW. I'll try and get you your fight. And you know what? Live this Sunday in Baltimore, Great American Bash. You guys want to show up? You want to fight? You show up. I'll see if I can get you your fight. I don't know about you, but hey, they love us in Baltimore. Hey, hey big man, I say me and you, we'd be at the bash. Maybe these punks want to fight. Yeah. I'll be there. Bring what you got. The measuring stick just changed around here, buddy. You're looking at it. Hey, you're looking at it. That is it. And um, and that took us to what was my favorite Scott Hall moment. And we've played it before, and it bears bears playing again because it's that good. Um, let's take you back. And Lee was there that night when it happened. June 16th, 1996. Forget about Don't the check us out. Let's worry about the future. We want to know who your three guys are. Is it, is it the uh, Nacho Man? I don't think so. And what about, what about the immortal Huckster? You know, you tell billionaire Ted to break out the money and get anybody you can because the big man and the medium-sized man and our surprise buddy are gonna carve them up. I want to ask you a question right now. He's had his say. Who are they, man? Who are they? Come I can't on. tell you. I'll tell you tomorrow night on Nitro. That's the deal. You can't tell us. You don't jack us around. Don't jack us around. Oh, for what are they doing? Security! Get, get up there right now! For, oh, for, oh. Get security up, up there! Unbelievable! Please! Please get it! Unbelievable! This is sick! Yeah, Tony, I got it. They I, should. They, hold on. Where's he at? He's right down below us here. Oh my God! We're going to need some medical attention right now. Yes. Right now, ladies and gentlemen. Big boys. They just left the building. Hey, get these guys off here. Cut this thing off. Get some. What, what they Can we have on. some medical? This is sick. Hold on here. The thing. Hold on. I got to play the, the funny part here with that, with that ending there was all the banter after the fact you know uh, <laughs> between Dusty and Tony hold on I gotta, that's worth playing they just left the building hey get these guys off here cut this thing off get some what, what they can we on? have some medical this is sick Eric Bischoff of course the host of Nitro executive producer and W. Please, would someone get over to... Right, hey, another they stretcher. Jesus. Well, they got to be careful with him, I guarantee you. I mean, he's, he's a man holding a microphone for crying out loud. Yeah. How cheap and how low can you get? Well... And now Chuck Tashier is coming out. 
Well, they wanted to make a statement. I guarantee you they did. Unbelievable here at WCW. Eric Bischoff down. Fans, I, I can tell you that as we take a look at Eric, and certainly we will hopefully find out, We, the last thing Eric said that we will let them know about the war and who they will have to face tomorrow night on Nitro, and we're not so sure about Eric's, I don't know what to say. Well, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what to say, this, this thing here now has escalated, if you know what I'm talking about, Tony Giovanni, into a real war situation. That's uncalled for. That's unbelievable. All right, All right I'm going to go down. Are you? Okay. Yeah, I'll tell you what. Tony's going down there right now. Eric Bischoff. I'll tell you what. Where the big boys play at WCW, so much has been said about our situation. People coming and people going. But coming in here with Eric Bischoff, like him or not, bottom line, right here, and driving him off the stage into a table. That's uncalled for. So they wanted a wall. They talk about, let's have a wall. You get three guys, we get three guys. Well, I'm an old man, guys. Let me tell you something. The bottom line in this situation here, there are plenty of guys at WCW that will be ready for this wall right here. What a scene we have seen here at the Great American Bash. And the thing with McMichaels and the Horseman. I'll tell you what. Let's go to the ring. David Pinter, take this. I don't know, man. Take this. And wait a minute, I, I, got, I just posted a picture in the Discord because I didn't get the two of them together. Tony Schiavone in a full-blown tuxedo standing next to Dusty Rhodes in a champion t-shirt and some blue jeans is probably the picture of, of all wrestling times uh, because it's, it's just such a great shot. But, uh, but yeah, that's my all-time Scott Hall favorite moment. Because it was, it was so real, it was so well done, so convincing, I, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. And I feel like I'm, when I, when I watch it back now, like I watched it several times yesterday, but when I watch it back just now, it's like, it's 1996 all over again. For me. It's just beautiful. It's one of the great moments of all time. Go ahead. What were you gonna say, Surfer? So WCW supposed to be invaded, but nobody from the horsemen stepped up. Not supposed to be there. Not not those. Not that. Not in that initial onset. No, I'm saying. And then I'm gonna I'm gonna play something here because it's worth playing because um, I'm sorry I forgot who was the third guy for WCW. It was Macho Sting and Luger. Oh yeah, oh, Luger. Yeah. I couldn't think of Luger. And, and his music playing. Yeah. <laughs> no, so, I don't hear music when uh, he he runs the audio. I just hear the words. I never hear the music coming through. I don't know why, but but hearing and I have to play this because you know it's WCW, it's Scott Hall, it's David Penzer, and I just got to hear Dave Penzer introducing Scott Hall, and probably the best introduction he ever gave to Scott Hall was on this night in 1998. Let's take you back to Tupelo, Mississippi. 
Yeah, he's your winner, but uh, the war that has gone on, that was another win for the NWO in the war. Yeah, but this is the big one in terms of WCW versus NWO. This is going to be very important for the cage man. Scott Hall goes back in that dressing room with the world championship belt around his waist. What's going to go through Hogan's mind and Savage's mind? Ladies and gentlemen, the next contest is for the WCW World Heavyweight Championship. Super One Call. Introducing first the challenger, representing the new world order. And accompanying today for the American Dream, Dusty Rhodes. From Julio to Florida, That's one of his only WWF. This, that's one of his only title matches, right? I think he's only had maybe two or three title matches. I remember that one, and then didn't he fight Brett at the Rumble in '96, right? Well, no, I think in WCW he had a couple. But I'm saying in WWF he had like one. I think maybe, so. Uh, two. I can remember he had one with Brett. He had one with Brett at the ninety. Three Royal Rumble, I want to say. Oh, it was ninety three. I thought it was ninety six. No, I think it was ninety three. No, that was Taker. Okay, Taker was ninety six. Um, Brad and Taker was ninety six. Yeah. Um, and in WCW, I believe he faced. I think he was in a triple threat for the world title at one at one point. I'll probably on the episode of Nitro. No, I think it was a pay-per-view. He wrestled Roddy Piper for the U.S. heavyweight title. I remember that. He came out victorious. At Super Brawl. And he um, he also was the world television champion and threw it in the garbage. Yeah. And That's a couple of months... Duggan found. Duggan found it in the garbage on WCW Saturday night. And do you remember who Duggan's first title defense was against? Hell no. Robert Gibson. He came out of nowhere and uh, gave a title shot to uh, to get to from Hacksaw. And you know what was funny? Hold on. Because when Hacksaw found the TV title, he talked about shining the title up real nice. And Scott Hudson, on commentary, goes, is he going to turn it sideways? So, <laughs> let me see if I can... Because it was, it was, it was, it's one of those moments that WCW didn't care what the commentators said on the weekends. So right. there's also, there's a funny thing also, uh, you have to find it, Hacksaw Wrestling on, on a 1997 episode of Worldwide Wrestling, and Tony Schiavone calls Hacksaw an intelligent man. And Bobby Heenan for five minutes is laughing throughout the entire match. <laughs> well, hold on, let's see if this audio plays here. Yeah. 
So there you go. Oh, man. That was February 2000. And then, of course, Robert Gibson came out and issued a challenge to Axel for the television title. Robert Gibson. And Larry's a bit Where the hell did Robert Gibson come from? Uh, anyways. So, yeah, it's sad that Scott passed away. Um, I, he's probably behind Roddy Piper. He's probably the greatest. He's probably the greatest to have never been the world champion. Behind Roddy Piper. Hennig was the AWA world champion. So. Okay. So, yeah. And I love the stories, though, of when Mick Foley went to the WWE and Scott was on his way out. And, and, and Scott goes up to Mick and he goes, um, uh, you know, here the money's okay. You know, if you're lucky, you can make three or four, you know, and, and Mick is like, million like, yeah I guess like he was he was putting down the money that he was making in the WWE or some shit like that to Mick Foley yeah, that's where mankind was coming in right mm-hmm. and then apparently there was an ongoing joke between Scott Hall and the Dudley boys that when Scott Hall first met the Dudley boys in the WWE in 2002 he went up to Bubba Ray Dudley and said you know what man that 3D it's a hell of a move I can't wait to kick out of it so that for years has been a joke between um, can't wait to what now can't wait to kick out of it oh so um, so that's been a joke that's been going on for years and years and years between the Dudleys and uh, Scott Hall and um, and yeah, I mean, it was evident last night. There was people paying tribute to Scott Hall. Of course, Kevin Owens with the Hey Yo. There was several um, nods to Scott throughout the night. Damian Priest doing the Razor's Edge to Finn Balor. Um, things like that. It was all throughout the night last night. It, Raw was not a great show in general. I think a lot of... A lot of people's minds were distracted with the Scott Hall thing, and um, and then um, the whole thing. Everybody there in Jacksonville and everybody watching Raw at home was expecting to see Cody Rhodes come out at the end of the night, and it didn't happen. Supposedly, Cody Rhodes will face Seth Rollins at WrestleMania, so. That yeah, match that, makes no sense. I know it doesn't. Well, because Seth, man, he he seemed hurt. He don't have a match for WrestleMania. I mean, not like he can just he can't just pick a fight with somebody that's already on the roster and just say meet me at WrestleMania. Because him coming in to face Seth Rollins, either he gonna beat Seth Rollins, which will hurt 
Rollins. Or Cody Rose can't go over. Mm-hmm. I mean, Rollins losing ain't gonna. That's not gonna hurt him. And besides, that won't be that won't be the only time they wrestle. They don't need to. Dead match don't need to make. That don't makes no sense to. Uh, storyline to build something. Seth don't need to be feuding with Cody at WrestleMania. Not not after WrestleMania. I get that. But that type of match, Seth Rollins taking a loss at WrestleMania. Nah. Yeah. Now if they do they they do a corky finish cool, but neither one of them should lose. Do like a DQ finish or something. In my opinion. Apparently there was a big melee on NXT involving hey, The Miz, Ray Mysterio, Dolph Ziggler. Maybe oh, he man. might fill in, maybe he might fill in for his wife at WrestleMania. Who knows? Oh my goodness. Hold on. I'm gonna I I, I just I'm going to uh, I want you guys to look at your discords. This is this is an internal joke and for you listeners at home, I want you to just listen to Surfer and Tony C's reaction. I'm going to hit the enter button right now. Man, get the hell out of here, man. That just came across the wire right now. The hell out of here, man. <laughs> Anyways, so, um, so yeah. Leave that alone, man. That's and why the hell does the road at a pay-per-view no town? Goddamn shirt. Uh, because he's Dusty Rhodes. Dusty got a lot of explaining to do, man. On the other side, if we ever meet him. Tony C really takes that, that place. Tony C time. really takes yeah, umbrage. Y'all don't remember that Dusty wasn't wasn't fat. He was fat, but but yes, we do. I mean, but he was always a chunky dude. He wasn't fat in seventy. Yeah, he was. Okay. No. He didn't have a he, he didn't have a belt. Okay. okay, go back and watch the wrestler, which was from 1972. Dusty Rhodes is in that movie, and he was fat in that movie. I don't remember it. Well, say that, then. <laughs> Anyways, so yeah, damn, damn, damn way. What? Can we can we stop the show for like five ten minutes? So, me and Tony C can recover. No, mm. well, I, you know. No, I'm good. I love going on my plate. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, um, yeah. I mean, and of course, do you guys remember Scott Hall's final words at his Hall of Fame induction speech? His what? His final words at, at his Hall of Fame induction speech. It's the thing that everybody's been saying the last few days. 
Yeah, about everybody remembers the bad guy. Hard work pays off. Dreams come true. Bad times don't end, but bad guys do. You know, or some, something like that. Um, so, yeah. Did y'all talk about Queen Charmelle going into the Hall of Fame? Nope, that's the other news story that everybody is, you know, okay. <laughs> yeah, kind of different. I mean, Lex Lou ain't in, but Charmelle can get. Thank you. Don't compare. Oh, God. Here we go. No, I'm just saying, you know they're going to put in one woman every year. That has nothing, nothing to do with the uh, amount of men they put in. Right. So for, yeah, I'm, it's not about a man-woman thing. The whole it thing is. is supposed to be for wrestling yeah, history. Yeah. You can tell the history of wrestling without Charmel. Yeah, there are tons. <laughs> what a statement. You can't tell, it. You can't tell the history tons. of wrestling without Lex Luger. I'm sorry. You can choose from to go in the Hall of Fame. There's only there's only so many women you can pick from. Again, I say, you can tell the history of wrestling without Charmel. All right, so you can't tell you the like, history of, what, of wrestling uh, without Lex Luger. Would you rather Kelly Kelly go in? Neither one of them. The okay, Hall of Fame ain't supposed to be for everybody. What woman are they going to choose then? I don't know when. It ain't about Charmaine. It's not about her being a woman. So it's yeah, about the man. fact. No, it's not. Yeah, if I'm man. saying Lex Luger deserves to be in because he's Lex Luger, damn, if okay, he's a man. But, that, but listen, Charmelle going in is not preventing Lex Luger from going in. Okay. I didn't never say it was. I said. Charmel gets in, but Lex Luger is not. That's all I said. Never said she did. One she has nothing. One has nothing to do with the other. I never said it did, but I'm stating a fact. Yeah. Charmel is in the Hall of Fame, and Lex Luger is not. Neither one of the Steiner brothers are in the Hall of Fame, but, but Charmel is. I'm just stating the fact. Yeah, the nasty boys ain't in the Hall of Fame. So what's preventing uh, Luger from going in? We don't know. Who knows? But maybe but, we had, maybe it has something to do with Miss Elizabeth. No, it's the same problem with when you start doing Hall of Fames and people not getting everybody getting in. Mm-hmm. Now the even the <laughs> WWE Hall of Fame is becoming everybody getting in. The Hall of Fame is meant for you can't tell the story of the sport without these people, man. And that's plus, what it's supposed to. Plus, um, you still complain about Hall of Fame. You can't go visit. Who? Is there a Hall of Fame somewhere? No, not yet. Okay, then. Well, that's besides the point. But look, we've already got we've already got a report on who might be the next announced inductees. Firstly, let's talk about Batista. Batista um, is going to be 
in attendance for the Undertaker's induction. But there's rumors that now Batista will be inducted into the Hall of Fame next April when WrestleMania is in Los Angeles because, you know, he's now a big-time Hollywood star. And it would make sense to induct him there. But for this... Who's ruining his career every time he opens his mouth. But who's rumored to go into the Hall of Fame this year... A name, names that, you know, they are deserving, and hopefully, this news is accurate. Oh, Bill is the next Coco. New Coco. God damn, man. The Steiner Brothers. Well, about time. It's about time. It looks like Big Papa Fun may have conceded to, uh... You know, to his issues with the WWE. So we'll see. Rick Steiner is slated to be in Dallas during WrestleMania weekend. So, and several members of the Steiner family. I mean, his son is on pace to become the NXT champion again. So, yeah. So we'll see. We'll definitely see. Um, Let's see here. Oh, and then, of course. There was a lot of hints thrown out there about Cody Rhodes last night, but of course, like like I said earlier, he did not show up last night in Jacksonville. And at the conclusion of Raw, Corey Graves said all of Seth Rollins' hopes and WrestleMania dreams were dashed tonight. So that's in reference to, you know... Um, I hope he don't come in with that dash mess. And they cut and they dash and Cody Rhodes gimmick. Some of the things, some of the wording that the, used in the WWE article that was posted about Seth Rollins losing the match last night. KO dashes Seth freak Seth freaking Rollins um, WrestleMania dreams in a wild brawl, and the term nightmare was also used. Uh, which is reference to Cody Rhodes' American Nightmare name. Um, so, yeah. So, we'll see. This past Wednesday, Jeff Hardy debuted at AEW using the Hardy Boys theme. Yeah, I saw that. Let me, let, me, let me clear something up here. That is called production music, folks, and WWE did not create that song. And... Uh, they bought a music library that contains that that song and probably six thousand other songs. So, don't think that AEW did anything special. <clears throat> they bought a production library um, thing of music just for one song. So now they've got access to a whole bunch of other songs, and somebody researched the catalog of that library, and supposedly now AEW can use Crash Holly, Hardcore Holly, um, various theme songs like that. Last night also on Raw, uh, there was one shocking thing when it came to theme songs. And that was Edge debuted a brand new theme song this past Monday night. Let me play a little bit of that for you right now.
This song is by Alter Bridge, the same people that made Edge's previous theme song, Metalingus. Um, but Edge had had that mean, had that theme song for eighteen years. So it's a big deal for Edge to debut a new theme song. And of course, WWE has their own edit and things like that. That it, you know, the song sounds a little bit better. But, um, but yeah, so Edge has got a brand new theme song, and, uh, and yeah. Other news that uh, we need to touch on here that uh, because the news this week just has not been good, um, and that was the the news of Big E breaking his neck on SmackDown this past Friday. And uh, yeah. that was, um, I, I got to tell you, I was watching SmackDown at the beginning of the show. The first match was that, uh, or one of the first matches was that New Day versus uh, Ridge Holland Sheamus match with Butch at ringside. Butch, formerly known as Pete Dunn. Uh, they were supposed to have a match with the three New Day members at WrestleMania because Xavier Woods uh, returned to action this past weekend uh, at the house shows uh, from injury, but now that match has since been scrapped, and I believe they're going the route of a triple threat match for the SmackDown Tag Team titles at WrestleMania, I'm not sure. But um, Big E broke his neck. Rich Holland was doing a uh, belly-to-belly overhead suplex on the outside and did not get... Biggie, I guess, far enough over, and Biggie landed on the top of his head. Um, I, there's a couple of things that we need to we need to mention here. This is an accident in wrestling. Accidents happen. Uh, for the wrestling fans out there that are blaming Ridge Holland for hurting Biggie. Uh, you're wrong. He did nothing wrong. It just happened. These things happen. Um, Ridge Holland was one of the first people to go visit Big E in the hospital to check in to see how he was doing. Um, it was announced, I think, two hours after SmackDown went off the air that Big E had broken his neck by Big E himself. And... Um, and in an update, I believe the update came Saturday or Sunday morning that, um, you know, Big E is, his spirits are good, he's doing okay, that um, he's he's grateful for everybody checking up on him and, and things like that, but, um, you know, this is, he's got a, looks, looks like he's not going to have to have surgery. However, um, in speaking with uh, some experts in this field, um, the damage that was done to his neck, um, quite honestly, may have put an end to his wrestling career. Um, We don't know that yet. Are we going to see Big E anytime soon? No. Let's let's just be 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 frank here. He is not going to show up on TV anytime soon. 
And we we're talking at least a year, right? We're talking minimum a year that we're going to have with no Big E. Um, and uh, let's see here. This is um, former WWE and NFL doctor David Chow. Um, he wrote for Outkick.com the severity of Big E's neck injury. And this is what he what he put. Axial load injuries are dangerous, and it seems Ewan escaped disaster. He was able to move all extremities and reportedly has strength. He later indicated that he suffered two different fractures in the neck at C1 and C6. The C1 fracture is the most dangerous as the top cervical vertebrae is a ring and commonly associated with immediate death or complete paralysis. Thankfully, the fracture was not displaced and he will not need surgery. However, this type of fracture often heals incompletely and it may may mean the end of his wrestling career. The C6 fracture is likely a compression injury due to the vertebral body. This likely requires immobilization but not surgery. One would anticipate a minimum of three months recovery with full with a return to full function and activities for his lower cervical injury. So, um, it is, uh, it is unlikely. I, I, I don't want to say that it's, he's not going to wrestle again, but we're not going to see Big E at WrestleMania this year and quite possibly next year. So, and it's sad because, you know, this guy was the WWE champion just not even six months ago. And, um, yeah, it sucks. It really does suck. The, the, just the news in general this week has not been good in wrestling. So... It really, it really is sad what's going on right now. But, you know, hopefully things will will get better and and we'll have uh, we'll have some positive news this coming uh, this coming week, uh, regard, at least regarding Big E. Um, you know, after he has some more tests done and things like that. So... Any final thoughts from you guys? I mean, anything you guys want to touch on? Yeah, Scott Hall memories, things like that. You guys want to talk about? I uh, Did they mention about Biggie being hurt on TV? They did not, and I think they on SmackDown. He's on SmackDown, and I think also yeah. because yeah, but that kind of injury, man. They were not a hundred percent. They're still. There, I think it was not. It's not been a hundred percent confirmed yet. But I'm sure once they get a hundred percent confirmation, they're going to definitely mention it on SmackDown. So he's going to like use a wear a halo for like a long time. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I don't know who it was, but somebody, somebody put a picture of Big E dressed like Joel Gertner in ECW. Come on, man. Oh, good. So, I mean, at the very least, Big E could 
be a mouthpiece, be a manager. You know, he could be anything. And and there's a lot of love for Big E because, um, you know, it seems that the, the news this past week was of the late night kind because the Big E thing broke at around midnight on Friday. The Scott Hall thing broke late on Sunday. So, you know, it's like a lot of stories have been breaking really late in the day this past week. But, um, but it is what it is. Anyways. Um, and yeah. Apparently everybody is saying that you need to see the movie Turning Red. So they say it's very good. I guess we'll have to wait and see. I'll have to check it out myself. Um, and I think that's it. Uh, there's nothing new on the war. All I know is that gas prices are up. Five dollars a gallon, Yo. just about every gas station in Florida. Um. But apparently the the market on the gas. I was reading an article earlier. The uh, the price per barrel dropped over twenty percent uh, today. So hopefully that's a good sign of things to come. Yeah, it's just gonna take a little while for the price to come down. To trickle down, yeah. Um, and I think that's it. I really no, think is, that's it. I, I I have to say gas prices. It's all a scam. Just because nobody's using Russian, nobody's using Russian Russian oil doesn't mean they can't get oil enough oil out in the market. It's just an excuse to raise the prices. And like we have all this oil here, which they pull out from time to time. But the most of the oil that we pull out in this country. Get sold overseas. It's not, they talk about energy independence. Well, we have the oil, but we don't use the oil here because it's not like the government pulls out the oil. It's corporations that want to make a profit and they make most of their money overseas. I mean, and I don't know, we'll have to wait and see. Um, I'm looking here also, um, this comes with the territory of going to war, apparently two Fox, Fox News, uh, journalists were killed, uh, in, uh, in Ukraine. Yeah, so I wonder what, uh, 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 Russia, Russia, Russia Carlton had to say tonight about that. Mm, you'll be surprised, man. Yes, I mean when they when I watch the news and they talk about the things he is saying, like there's a memo from Russia that says take your talking point from Tucker Carlson because he does the most propaganda for Russia right now. All right. Well, I have to. Um, I think we're going to wrap it up here. Um, 
and call it a day. Let's remind everybody tomorrow, the Mark Order podcast at 10.15 following AEW Dynamite Turnbuckle Throwbacks live at 7 o'clock on Fridays with uh, Phil, Jay, and Choppy. Monday, the Shining Wizards at 6.45 live. And then this program, The Rant, every Tuesday night, 9 o'clock right here on Rant AM Radio. Go and download the shows. Phil did two shows this past week. Um, okay. That feels well, a workhorse. Yeah, Phil's a workhorse. He did two shows. He did a, he had one in the can for Friday, and then they did a live show on Sunday, kicking off their mid-card March Madness tournament. So you definitely want to um, uh, check out the that and everything, basically, that is uh, up for download. And that is that. Remember, follow us on social media and all our social media platforms, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Uh, you can reach out to uh, us pretty much anyway, anyhow. Uh, you can join our group page, follow us uh, there as well. Um, and that is that. Any final thoughts from you guys? Uh, no. No. No, I appreciate uh, you letting me. Absolutely. Sorry about that. You know, dealing with some things, but you have nothing to be sorry about. But it, with that said, want to thank everybody for tuning in tonight. For Surfer, for Tony C, I'm Double A. Have a good night, everybody. <laughs>